Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello and welcome to the New European Podcast. My name is Richard Porritt and I'm joined by Steve Anglesey. Hello, snowflakes. How are you doing? I'm well. I'm well. Good. But it's been a... It's been a tough week for the people's vote, which we which we will talk about in a second. It has been a tough week. It feels like it almost feels like we had a false Christmas, and then someone rewound and went, "It's Christmas Eve again." Yeah, and we're waiting and building up for Christmas Day all over again, which is next uh, next week, of course, on the twenty ninth, when that vote comes back. Yes. That's right. Yes, you looked a bit shocked. Have no, I, have I been doing that alternative no, news? I was, no, I was going to. No, I was just thinking it is, but it is Christmas in the house of people like little Owen Jones, who's jumping up and down at the <laughs> thought of the people's vote not coming coming true, and then, oh, Mr. Corbyn, Mr. Corbyn, sir, let me stroke your beard. <laughs> anyway, um, I, if yes, the people's vote has probably had a tough week. We'll get to that in a second when we do the news. Then we will uh, crown a Brexiteer of the Week. We will. Yeah. And it's a good one. It, uh, well, do you know what? I've kept my powder dry. Have you? Normally, listener, what happens is I actually... Well, in, if, traditionally, I would sub Steve's Brex Factor, which is how it's branded when it goes in the paper, and it bears a striking resemblance to the Brexiteer of the Week. It does. Um, but there is often exclusive content as well. Um, so I usually know what's coming, but this week I've decided I'm going to go in blind. It's not anything to do with my um, me not being prepared. It is. It, it's not that. It's that when I laugh, they can be genuine laughs. Good. Okay. Uh, so we will get the gauntlet to gauntlet is thrown. <laughs> we go, we'll get to that. We'll get to that shortly. But first, if people's vote, um, it, uh, is it done? Is it finished? Well, the, look the the amendment um, the the amendment uh, from uh, the the people's vote sort of grouping, which includes Chucker Amuna, Sarah Wollaston, um, has been withdrawn. Um, that Luciana Berger. Yeah, Luciana Berger. They were all there, weren't they? These are, these are some of my favourite politicians. Yeah, they were outside Parliament. They basically said. Uh, we're not going to uh, put this amendment forward because Jeremy Corbyn's going to instruct yeah. uh, Labour MPs not to vote for so it. So let, let me read out actually what uh, Luciana Berger, who, oh, yeah. who, uh, who I am a fan of actually, and um, has had a rough time, a rough time uh, in the past yes. few years. And I think in any other sensible time of, of, uh, of Labour leadership, she would probably be be on the front bench uh, now, if not in the uh, you know yeah. have some role. Um, but that, sadly, is not to be for her. She said, outside the Palace of Westminster, at a time when Labour should be championing a people's vote, the leadership avoids answering the call. Because the Labour leadership and frontbench warned back a people's vote, there will not be a vote on the cross-party people's vote amendment next week. Uh, I mean, is Corbyn and our Labour squarely to blame for this, or is there something else going on, do we think, Steve? Uh, well, I think there. Look, there's there's a, a BuzzFeed article out there which is detailing differences between uh, between people in within the the People's Vote uh, campaign about the, the the way forward. Yeah, um, I think that it's kicked um, off a bit. I think I think it? that you know I think that what happened outside uh, outside Parliament on um, on Thursday with with Amuna Wollaston and Berger it was probably not endorsed by uh, some figures in the People's Vote campaign. Yeah. I think the amendment had very little chance of well it had zero chance of succeeding and it might well, actually was, have yeah. it might actually have killed off the, the the chances of a second referendum. It certainly would have given people uh, like Owen Jones but also people 
uh, on the Conservative benches, um, like, like the Prime Minister, in fact, uh, good reason to say, well, we've had a vote on that. And Why there's no will. Yeah. There's no real will in, in Parliament, so how can there be a will outside? I think the people's... I think people like Chucker Ramuna, uh, Sarah Wollaston and Luciana Berger are clinging to the idea that... Uh, next week we will go on to these series of votes mm-hmm. there won't be any real um there won't be any real uh, majority in favor of either you know a, an indicative vote for norway or an indicative no. vote against no deal yeah. or an indicative or a vote the actual vote for may's deal and so we will get back to a situation of a complete logjam and people will say what is the way to what what are the two ways to solve this logjam um, is it no deal or is it a, a second referendum and that's how it will be revived i mean it seems like for for those of us who who obviously have campaigned and are very keen on there being a, a people's vote it does seem like a bit of a kick in the in the ghoulies but probably the right decision probably the pragmatic sensible decision from these remain MPs you believe then yeah, well, yeah, yeah. I mean, look, Labour did talk at the start of the week, didn't they? And they will talk more next week about the idea of having a vote on a deal. Yeah. Um, and uh, and maybe, you know, somewhere down the line um, when either, you know, there is a vote on... There is a vote on Theresa... There might be a public vote on Theresa May's deal or there might be a public vote on Jeremy... I think what they're basically saying is that Jeremy Corbyn, in a unicorn fantasy world will go and negotiate a new deal with Brussels <laughs> and then we will have a public vote um, on uh, which will include the option to remain and that here's will be a, the SOP to he, people. Here's an interesting one, right? Yeah. Theresa May has, has failed to get what we would, what anyone really would class as a, yeah. a good deal. Yeah. Um, and would you trust Jeremy Corbyn to get any better deal? If he had the same time... No. To start from scratch, no. No. <laughs> no, not particularly. No, but, you know, but I, I suppose what we've got to ask is, would Jeremy Corbyn be asking... I mean, Jeremy Corbyn would be asking a completely different question, probably with, with a, a different House of Commons, wouldn't he? Yeah. If it, Jeremy Corbyn was in the position to be negotiating a, a, a public vote, it would be in a House of Commons that was that either had Labour as a majority or a minority government. Mm. Um, and so you could legitimately say, well, go back and say, well, we will leave, but we'll leave like Norway do and we'll still be yeah, a... Yeah. You know, and then they'd have to answer all the rule-taker um, questions. Um, but the thing but is, there, would be I... some, there would be some legitimacy to that idea. But... There isn't going to be a general election, and even if there was a general election, I'm not sure Jeremy Corbyn would come out of it as the Prime Minister. No, quite. Here's one thing that, that is something for us Remainers to wrestle with, really. We, we uh, obviously would like to remain in the EU. Yes. Full stop. There have been times... Idea, yeah, right. yeah, I know, I'm full of them. There have been times when we've had to consider if a soft Brexit perhaps would be better than a hard Brexit. Well, yes, I think... But do you know what? I don't really want to just take rules from Brussels without having a say in them. I think that would be disastrous. So, so, I think the so there, is this, there yeah. are these Remainers now, clearly, who are going, well, soft Brexit, there, there isn't a good Brexit. No. There is only staying in the EU and being completely shafted, really. Yeah. Because I don't want to, I don't want to take rules from Nothing against Brussels, and I'm sure their rules would be, you know, as it is, would be, would be okay. But we don't know who's next in line in Brussels. We don't know who's going to be in charge of Brussels in 10 years' time. I don't want to take rules from, from them. If we're going to have to leave, I'd rather we didn't have to do that. Yeah, exactly. But so, now I'm starting to sound like a Brexiteer. Oh, my God, you've gone so Brexity. Yeah. So there isn't going to be a people's vote uh, amendment voted on. But, but what, else is, what else is going to happen next week? Because, because of course... She's gonna. She's dragging the old. <laughs> oh, it's my new idea, my plan B. Well, I, which is basically just plan, plan A with a moustache on, isn't plan, it? It's not even that. I think. I think plan uh, B is just plan A. Yeah. Spelt wrong. Yeah. Yeah. Plan B. <laughs> I know. I've told that joke so many times this week, and I've never had one laugh. Not one laugh. Well, I'd laugh politely. Well, I yeah, it was polite. It was as a well. snigger. Yeah. <laughs> and you were pointing. Yeah. <laughs> Well, what is going to happen next week, because we're going to have this vote. Um, 
is there a, is there going to be enough to maybe bring that majority down, or and then what for Theresa May? Or God, I feel like I've asked this question a zillion times. So I, uh, the majority will will definitely come down. There'll be a few who have weakened slightly, won't there? But the 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 sort of the star names of Brexit who appear to be weakening on this, people like Jacob Rees-Mogg, people like Nadine yes, Doris, are not saying. Right, we're on board with this and we're going to vote for this on Tuesday night. What they are saying is if the Irish backstop can be put away, done in a different way somehow, at some point in time, then we're going to then we are going to swing behind this. And and that's not going to happen by Tuesday night, is no, it? No, no, I don't think so. And meanwhile, you know, the the, the EU, Veradka uh, Barnier are, are quite clear on, on the, what is going to happen if we request any changes to the Irish backstop. Mm-hmm. It's, it, it, this is a, a fantasy of a, of a deal that is never going to be Whole acceptable. thing has been a fantasy. It has been. From, from the, well, actually not like a bad trip. Yeah. From, from, the, from the beginning. Yeah. A Brexit bad trip. What a long, strange bad trip it's been. It really has. What about Yvette Cooper's amendment? We should all throw ourselves behind that, shouldn't we? Well, but what do you think the the, the real of leader that, of the opposition? What I do don't you think know, the but I'm, just cl- I'm clutching at straws. Yeah, I'm, I'm beginning to clutch at straws now. I would like to think that there is a that there is a, a, a you know a, a real chance that that will pass. But I'm I'm it, ske- I am skeptical. I, I do. I, I mean, we I, that would be a dark moment because we've always said that we um, believe that No Deal doesn't have the backing of the majority of the House, this is an amendment that would uh, give MPs the opportunity to delay a no deal. So it's not against a no deal, it's just a delay. I, I, I think it's got a real chance of going through that. Yeah. It's a very sensible amendment. And Yvette Cooper, you know, like I said, the real leader of the opposition. So we're rec- when we're recording this, the delay that is proposed or the delay that is being advanced by Yvette Cooper is a delay till December the 31st, yeah, isn't it? So, yeah. um, December the 31st of this year, and that's the date on which we would leave the EU. We and should get our chance to keep the can because, you know, yeah, exactly. Theresa's not sharing that yeah, can. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think, you know, perhaps if we, perhaps if we, the can is kicked a little less far down the road and we mm. say we will wait until the EU elections have gone on uh, and then we will leave the EU yeah. after that and that gives us a little bit of time. But yeah. um, Maybe after Glastonbury. Maybe, absolutely. Let's get latitude out of the way. <laughs> Let's let the pingers wear off and then we'll, um, and then we'll get back around the negotiating table. You'll be, you'll be dashing to latitude just down the road from us, of course. I know you're a massive Snow Patrol fan. Do you know what? If, if some of those bands were playing in your back garden, you would shut the curtains, wouldn't you? I mean, well, Primal Scream were a rotten live act in 1992 <laughs> and that's when they had a fantastic album out. There is... And this is why I will enjoy Latitude this year. There is one fabulous live act playing. Well, there's, there's probably quite a few. Lana's Over is quite good live. But there is one massive, massive, huge band that I love. <laughs> Del Rey's quite good live. Yes, what with all the dancing around. Well, does she dance around? That bit where she does, she rides on a little motorbike and oh, does the loop de loop. I like that song. No, she just stands there, doesn't yeah, she? No, I, don't I, I mean, I like Lana Del Rey. Yeah. But, so stop it. But she's. It's good she's but well, she's starting the great life. Act, what do you? Isn't what do you want, like Iron Maiden? You're like, come on, Eddie, Eddie. <laughs> if you don't, if you're not getting in a giant hamster ball like Keith Flint or um, or uh, Wayne Coyne, then yeah. I'm, I'm not up for it. Right. I don't. To be honest with you, I don't really like festivals very much. Underworld. Underworld would be very good, and my son likes Underworld. Underworld are a very much very special band. Uh, anyway, we have as we do. We digress. Uh, the Liberal Democrats, though, don't worry. Oh yeah. Don't worry. Ah, the Liberal Democrats are going to put down an amendment. Are they? Yeah. Excellent. What's it going anyway. to say? <laughs> well, it's going to say we want a people's vote. We want a people's vote. Oh, they're going to do it. Yeah. Okay, well, that's yeah. guaranteed then, isn't it? <laughs> okay, well. But, you know. There you go. To them. Tom Brake. Tom Brake. Broken. A broken man. <laughs> Just as a point, I am worried about the people's vote, I have to say, and the bookies share my um, concern. Uh, Evens at one stage, wasn't it? Yeah, and where are we at? Bet365 have another referendum this year, uh, 13 to 8. No mm. referendum at 4 to 9. Ladbrook's even less confident. People's vote 7 to 4. Um, mm. None of the bookies are offering odds uh, 
to, to suggest that he thinks it's more likely than not that the British public will get to vote again. Which is really quite sad, isn't it? They very rarely get it wrong. They very rarely get it wrong. But, they, you know, they look, they, things have moved in the last couple of, uh, couple of weeks. I don't think it's been a great week for the, uh, for the people's vote, but things, things can change. You and know? they have, and they when you, undoubtedly When, when we run out of road, when we see that there are no other options, when there's a no parliamentary majority for anything, then what do you do? What do you do? Well, quite, quite. We will, well, we'll be here to find out. We I will can, be here I to can, find but out. But someone won't be here. Someone will be in Singapore. It will be. Which is, I really So like long, Singapore. suckers, <laughs> says James Dyson. A friend of ours is just... fancy hoovers. A friend of ours has just bought, um, a friend of ours has oh, just yeah. bought his or her second Dyson. Because why would you need... Two Dysons. Why would you need just one? You, I mean, that's not enough, is it? Two Dysons. I've told the story of my Dyson before, and I think someone complained because I was doing the noise. But they're very loud, Dysons. They're extremely loud. <laughs> right. So this is part of James Dyson's um, beef with the EU, isn't it? Because he's been told to make them less loud. And he doesn't like that because I think he sees that the loudness of the Dyson is part of the USP of the Dyson. Well, I'm not sure I really it's care. Quite like, I suppose it's quite like the electric car thing, isn't it? Where, where you know, where is he going like, to make his electric car sound like his hoovers? Well, well people like Jeremy Clarkson say that the electric cars are rubbish because they don't sound like cars, do they? And you know, that's that's their that's their thing because they don't roar, you know, like a big macho thing. Yeah. So I, I mean, think I've James never. Dyson sees that part of the USP of his. Dyson's is that they make a ferocious <laughs> racket. What? So he, he he thinks that the noise that his hoovers yeah, make. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like a just because they, they sound extension. like throbbing gristle, at full <laughs> do. doing the wall of sound <laughs> right at the end of a TG gig. They do sound like um, that. I've never um, no, noise from cars has never interested me. I, don't know, I drive a, a, a Nissan Note. Oh, do you? I, I do, I, and I, I know that you've got a, a fairly I've got a meaty very modest car. car oh, yeah, yeah, very yeah. modest car. Yeah. So, sometimes you take it home to recharge it, don't you? <laughs> I do, yeah, like, I pick it up and put it in my pocket. Um, so we're not. Ca- I like a nice car, but I, but I, I'm too worried that someone's going to run into it with a shopping trolley. I won't spend money on one, so yeah, So yeah. we're not that interested in that. But the uh, the EU. I mean, this is a, a game we a game we digress. But the EU told um, they basically said you don't need to. You don't need. It doesn't need to make that noise you don't need to it doesn't need to burn up all of this power um and it would actually be more efficient and now dyson are producing more efficient and some would say better cleaners in the eu however uh I've they are moving the ones that don't plug in you, you remember like you oh yeah yeah stuff, like you, yeah you just go good on the lino yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> um and um He's moving the, the corporate HQ is moving to Singapore from so Wiltshire. Let's, let's let's catch up. Uh, uh, James Dyson, of course, uh, seventy one. He's seventy one now. Seventy one, seventy two. He big big Brexity. He loves Brexit. Fan of yeah. leaving the EU. Um, You're leaving Britain. <clears throat> oh no, he, sorry, I'm leaving Britain. Is that's what it. I actually said. <laughs> he um, he came out a few days before the vote and said. That he would be supporting um, a, a vote to leave the EU. Yes, and it was quite a big deal actually because yes. he's seen as a uh, very much an, an innovative and uh, a, a chap and a British success story. Um, he this is what he said about Brexit at the time: uh, "We will create more wealth and jobs by being outside the EU. We will be in control of our destiny, and control, I think, is the most important thing in life and business." The last thing I would ever want to do is put myself in someone else's hands, not just in the other countries, but the Brussels bureaucrats. Um, and he said that it was... Did you say, about... please don't put your life in the hands of a rock and roll band? <laughs> he said... This is a terrible statement. <laughs> he said that it was, uh, he, on his point of view, Brexit was about, uh, was, uh, was about sovereignty. Yeah, yeah. He was yeah. going on about sovereignty. And he mentioned about WTO tariffs and how he'd been paying them for years, etc., etc. Pulled a figure of... Eighteen point five billion pounds out of well, one of his Hooverless, uh, one of his Hooverless bags. Hooverless bags. <laughs> one of his Hooverless bags. No, not a Hoover. One of his vacuumless bags. Yes. Or indeed, bagless vacuum cleaners. Yes. Uh, Eighteen point five billion better off each year if we left the European Union. So you'd think that he'll be delighted that on the eve of Brexit, um, he can go ahead with all this wonderful WTO tariff, etc., etc. Nice loud Hoovers, and he is. Moving his HQ to Singapore, yeah. And the th- the thing about these um, and the thing about these people and um, uh, uh, and look, you know, 
James Dyson is a, a patriot who tells you that Britain is great, British business is, is going to boom after Brexit, everything is going to be wonderful, we mustn't panic about Brexit. Um, and, um, and, you know, and, and Jacob Rees-Mogg tells you the same thing and then his firm opened an investment yeah. fund in Dublin, yeah. Yeah. and John Redwood tells you the same thing, yeah. and then he advises clients in the Financial Times to move their money out of the UK to the EU. And, all, you know, and also James Dyson is a, is a hugely successful businessman who, uh, who opposes the EU, but he owns a load of farmland. He's, yeah. he's, the, biggest, That's right, yeah. he's the biggest farmland owner in the UK. I clean up with me cordless <laughs> vacuum. Oh, push me that turnip. And um, he um, uh, and so he attracts enormous EU subsidies while he slags off the EU. Mm. And he's got lots and lots of farmland. And as a seventy-two-year-old, seventy-one-year-old, seventy-two-year-old man, it, I would suggest that one of the reasons he's got lots of farmland is not because he loves collecting farmland. It's because that farmland uh, there's no inheritance That's tax right. on farmland, yeah, yeah, isn't yeah, yeah, yeah. it? And James Dyson, by the way, is also a member of three totally legal tax deferral schemes um, which put off if you put some money I think it was in the film industry wasn't it you can basically defer some of your tax liabilities for 15 years that's correct yeah and and, and a lot of a lot of um, celebs and stuff got caught out with it completely le- I mean it's legal but it's in dispute <clears throat> well, it's got, with the got, HMRC isn't it I mean got, it actually came about um, from a sort of bastardised version of the law that was passed under Gordon Brown. That's right. Because he was trying to um, boost the British film industry. Yes. And attract investment. And, yes. And he did. He did. <laughs> oh, he did, yeah, yeah. yeah. He did, yeah. Lots of people who didn't want to pay their tax, but obviously suddenly right. were interested in making films. Imagine Some if of them could were only... dubiously British as well. I Imagine think. if you could only make films with Gordon Brown in them. Oh, man, that Gordon Brown in the, in the Temple of Doom. <laughs> Gordon Brown. <laughs> a massive mobile of phone Gordon chasing Brown. him. Exactly. Fifty Shades of Brown. Fifty Shades of Brown. <laughs> oh, I, I, you see, I miss Gordon. Harry Potter and the Bigoted Woman. <laughs> That'd be fantastic, wouldn't it? Anyway, so look. These people, I mean, these are business people, aren't they? Yeah. And nothing that they are saying or doing is 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 legally wrong. But is it morally right for the same people who are telling all of well, us and thing. all of you that you should just yeah. just just believe in fairies, just believe in Tinkerbell, yeah. and and get ready yeah. to take a massive leap in the dark? And they are off feathering their nests in some other places. So why That's would right. you listen to these people? Here's what Chief Executive of Dyson, Jim Rowan, said. The move is nothing to do with Brexit or tax. It's about making sure we are future-proofed. I just want to stop you there. <laughs> just going to stop you there, yeah, yeah, Mr yeah. Rowan. Nothing to do with Brexit. Yeah. You're future-proofing. Exactly. I think that means it's everything to do with Brexit... Speak to your PR people, yeah, because that's the most nonsense you've said in a long time. Well, We're future proofing because so it's obvious, isn't it, Jeez. that that a <clears throat> the, the Singapore will have better access to the EU, which is a massively lucrative market, than than we will in the UK in the event of the No Deal Brexit, which we seem to be getting closer and closer to. In in the um, in the uh, pursuit of fairness and balance, because there's nothing more fair or indeed balanced than yeah. this. Arch from a podcast. Indeed. Um, he added, the tax difference is negligible for us. I believe that is probably true. We're taxed all over the world and we will continue to pay tax in the UK. That's certainly true. Uh, we will continue to invest in the UK. In 15 years. <laughs> and and they have also said, and I, and I would believe this as well, that there is, there's not going to be any job losses directly linked to this because this is a growth plan rather than, you know, this is about, I think electric cars are going to be developed over there. So it's, it's about something different. It's not about moving jobs. But I think what it says... As a, a as a headline is, we don't trust that we are better off being HQ'd in Britain anymore. Yeah, exactly. And we're future proofing our company against what the boss wants. Exactly that. And when you when you say that there are no job losses in in moving your HQ from Wiltshire to Singapore, how how exactly does that work? What about the, the canteen staff in your HQ in Wiltshire? 
What about the people who are the well, cleaners no, in the... Yeah, but... In the, you know, so is he talking about a negative job there's just plus no and job, minus? I think what, there's no new job creation. Yeah. But those, but that the, 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 there are 4,000 people employed by Dyson in this Yeah, country, but are you going to say you've got the opportunity to go and work in Singapore? Well, no, because there's 4, only two of them that are actually moving to Singapore. All the jobs in Singapore will be new. Right, I see. So yeah. the, the, there isn't actually any, any, there won't actually be any job losses. But I think if you're championing So he's only Britain, got two people in his headquarters. <laughs> well, uh, they are, I think, he, oh no, uh, Rowan's already in Singapore. Oh, he's in Singapore the, He's already, already. future-proofed himself. I'm future-proof, yeah. <laughs> um, uh, but there's two other execs, I'm told, that will be employed from there. So there is a loss of two. <laughs> okay, good. <laughs> so, but, you know. Um, but... I think the the thing that the thing that is annoying about this, and the thing that sort of sticks in the sticks in the throat, is that uh, clearly they are not that confident about Britain being no. as uh, as wonderful and uh, utopic, utopic, utopian, utopian. Uh, well, utopic, well, I, I like. Yeah, I do as well. I'm not sure that's not a word. I'm going to go with it. Utopic, as a utopic, a utopic pregnancy, as they have told everyone. Hmm. Um, it's someone else who spouts a lot of garbage. Yeah, he could be. He back. believes in a utopic vision of the, um, of, he, the, the of England, oh, doesn't he? I, his utopic vision would be <laughs> moonlight streaming through a window on the onto the derriere of <laughs> Annabelle. Uh, Nigel Farage, back, back, back. Yeah, no, come really with the hour. Come with the man frog. No, really Here he is, his little nicotine-stained face as Hoven interview again. So. Let's. I'll just bring him to speed with the story, and then we'll speak the story about. Story so far, yeah. And then we'll speak about one of the characters in the story. Okay, the one. Well, she is the main. Well, yeah, she's the she's the female lead, isn't she? She definitely is. She is Faye Dunaway to <coughs> so his Catherine Warren Beatty. Ka- Catherine Blakelock, uh, who is the former economics spokeswoman uh, for UKIP, yeah, um, coveted role, absolutely, uh, has applied to register for this. I think. Well. We're not quite sure on a name, but it's been referred to as the Brexit Party. The Brexit Party. It's a bit wrong seal, isn't it? The Brexit Party. Kind of does, yeah. Well, yeah. It says on the Union Jack Bunting. Yeah, exactly. Uh, to, and, and they are going to, if uh, Brexit is delayed beyond March the 29th, beware, snowflakes, mm. because Nigel and Catherine are coming for you. They are coming they for you. They claim that, well, listen, this is what she said. I think people will feel treason has been committed. Yeah, treason, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's right, treason. It's democracy, full stop. Don't really understand that. It wouldn't matter whether Leave had won by a single vote. It's a first-past-the-post system. Not what Nigel said in the run-up Not to really, no. But anyway, no. we know. We'll, 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 um, and she's lining up Farage, who left UKIP, of course, uh, in late last year, <clears throat> to be the leader, which makes sense. She is. She's after Labour, UKIP and Conservative defectors, she says. Yeah, not bothered about the Lib Dems. <laughs> no. Or the Greens. <laughs> Quite. Um, Farage said this, there's huge demand for a party that's got real clarity on this issue. Did you not say real claret? He might have. On the menu. There's <laughs> a demand for a party that's got real claret on the menu. Good English claret that I can have with my <laughs> yeah. overcooked roast beef. He does like overcooked roast beef, doesn't he? Is that right? He likes well done roast beef, yeah. Of course he does. He's nice how, do you, how do you have your roast beef then? Uh, medium rare, like it all like thinking Sim- people. Similar with your steak? Yes, very much. Well, well it would depend on the steak, wouldn't it? If it's, oh, a, yes, if okay. it's a fillet, then I might have that rare. Well, fully rare. It might be rare, but yeah. like blue, not never blue, no, no, I can't never blue, and also in on France. If we're ever, if you ever eating in on France, just you know, you might as well ask for it. Well done. Yeah, I agree. What about your venison? Venison, oh well, venison's difficult, isn't it? I mean, sometimes it dep- again, it depends on the cut, doesn't it? See, is it? Are we talking about a haunch or a fillet? Well, I cooked venison fillets last night, and they were. Did you? And I and I, I mistimed it. Oh yeah. So they were a bit chewy. No, I thought they were okay, but they were they were probably a little bit rarer than I would have wanted. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, welcome to the new European cooking section. <laughs> exactly. Uh, Nigel Farage told the Sun, "There's a huge demand for a party that's got real clarity on this issue. You can see and hear the frustration welling up out there." 
as I stoke it. <laughs> my it's bellows, clear. my hate bellows. It is clear, he added, the political elite want to stop Brexit in its tracks and the Prime Minister doesn't have the strength or inclination to see this through. He might be right on the last point there. About the well, it is true, that is true. I've been watching events with growing dismay. I'm not the only one. Now we are putting them on notice. If Brexit doesn't happen on the 29th of March, we're not prepared to stand by and do nothing. (laughs) Churchillian! Come on! (laughs) It really is. We'll fight them in the weather spoons. (laughs) We'll fight them in the bookies. Brandishing his overcooked chop. There you go. So, what, I mean... so Aaron Banks has, has always been um, has always expressed support for a UKIP. Um, He's got quite zero, hasn't he? Aaron Banks. I wonder what's put him off. Is he? Would he be allowed to f- do any funding? Well, he's, I don't he's know. Investigation, isn't he? Yeah, I'm not sure. How, I'm not sure how well that would go down. So but anyway, not, I mean, we're not clear like, if they've got any funders. We're not clear if um, they've got any other people who are interested. We're not even clear whether block. they've been. Accepted <clears throat> so, by the Electoral Commission. So that we? we will find that out on the first of April. I think it is what what a uh, telling date to find out yes. whether they've been accepted. I, I think they probably will. I can't see anything that would stop them. Um, but Catherine Blakelock, she got, so she got her first first bit of good publicity there. Really launched a party. Yes, she's done well. She's yeah, done yeah. well. So what happened next? Well, it's unfortunate, isn't it, that when you sort of get in the newspapers and you, you hitch your wagon to somebody like Nigel Farage, who's pretty well-known, people tend to look at the other stuff that you've, do, been, you've been up to. Yeah, naughty, and naughty journalist. The, the thing about Nigel Farage is that he's got, you know, he, he's he's always got surrounded by quite unusual people, isn't he? He's got Aaron Banks, who likes to go cruising in Moscow, uh, you know, on the on the rivers around the time That's that they're right. all frozen up. Yeah, yeah. He's got, um, there was posh George Cottrell, wasn't there, who was um, who was a senior advisor to him and then ended up in jail in America for mail oh, fraud. Yes, yes. Uh, There's Andy Wigmore, of course, who's done nothing wrong apart <laughs> from his, his hair should be illegal. Um, and he is, you know, he's a, a man from Chipping Norton, isn't he, who also represented the Belize in the Commonwealth Games. Can you Belize it? And he's un- <laughs> you're unbelievable. And uh, and tried to uh, represent Belize. He was rubbish Belize. as well, wasn't he? He was, yeah. He came last, didn't he? Awful. He was <laughs> shooting. And, and, also, and then there was, um, there was Paul Nuttall, of course, the sort of seven-time Nobel Prize and Grand National winner. That's um, right. And he was the horse. And now Catherine... I know, but he rode himself. <laughs> that was the... That was the trick. That's very Yuki from Tom. It is, yeah. <laughs> and now we've got Catherine Blakelock, who we've been um, we, we've been sort of delving into, and obviously people we're in we're in, we're recording this in Norwich, the capital of East Anglia, as I like to say. Yeah. But also in East Anglia is the fine uh, the fine coastal town of Great Yarmouth. Yarmouth. Yeah, um, well, and where. Our friend who can't be with us this week. Yeah, Geraldine Scott is, is from, from Yarmo. Yeah, She's yeah. a Yarmo girl. And um, and Catherine Blakelock stood for Great Yarmouth in 2017 general election, the one that went Sorry. so well for Theresa May. Sorry. And the highlight of her campaign was she... I, I think she was getting annoyed with people saying, all, all UKIP people are racist. Yeah, yeah. So she turned up to one hustings holding a huge framed picture of her husband, who mm-hmm. is Jamaica. Uh, who's Jamaica? He's yeah. not Jamaica. He's <laughs> yeah, Jamaican, he's, isn't he? Yeah, he's Jamaican, yeah. Uh, he's my Jamaican guy. If she'd yeah. have started singing that <laughs> and then done pull up to the bumper, it, would have, it could have all been very different. She failed to win election uh, despite this. Starting any sentence, I'm not racist. And here's yeah. the proof, he's a bad idea. I used to have a contact who was a bit racist and he said, how can I be racist? I'm married to an Italian. <sighs> There you go. She told Vice magazine, who did a feature on this, um, I sleep with somebody who is black. (laughs) Does her husband know? There you go. (laughs) Uh, And and so we continue to delve into her work. She does a lot of blogging. She writes for an awful lot of sort of right-wing blogs. Conservative (laughs) Woman website is one of them. New Year's Day. It's a rubbish rubbish version of that Beyonce song (laughs) independent woman conservative Conservative woman woman. (laughs) or conservative woman (laughs) Uh, 
that would be good. And uh, New Year's Day, she uh, she uh, filed an article for Conservative Woman this year. Hungry, let them eat spuds. Oh yeah, of and she explained in this that poor people can't cannot be bothered to cook. That's a quote. And she said that food banks caused obesity. Uh, she said a visit to a food bank. Uh, shows you the problem. It's full of cans of sweet custard and packets of Pop-Tarts. And then she said that poor people needed to heed the example of Sherpas in the Himalayas. They eat practically nothing but boiled potatoes with a bit of salt and chilli on the side. Uh, Conservative woman also, she has written an article about drug sentencing... Uh, if you're prepared for a jail sentence and you're 18 years old and you can either earn hundreds of thousands of pounds drug dealing or work at a minimum wage job, which would you take? But if you knew that if you were caught dealing drugs, you would automatically hang, would you be quite so Automatically. Keen? Automatically <laughs> hang. Don't. <laughs> you know, wow. I've arranged to meet this mate and this bloke on the street corner. They appear to be erecting a gallows. <laughs> I think we may have been rumbled. Uh, yeah. Uh, the, the most controversially, of course, uh, and um, hats off to The Guardian who did this uh, uh, slightly uh, uh, slightly before I did. Uh, they looked at a cached version of, of Catherine Blakelock's own website uh, where she had uh, where somebody has deleted yeah. uh, a couple of posts. One of them, the, the deleted posts, was called... Baby mamas, gangs, and testosterone, a good good start there. And in it, Catherine says, I always joke that black American men go crazy in their teens and 20s because of all their excess testosterone. They have lots of babies, sex, violence, drugs, sport, and music. And then when, uh, when they're 35 and their testosterone reduces near the levels of white men, they settle down and become washing machine repairmen. Uh, and she also says in that article, we don't like to talk about biology when related to race, but what is good for winning 100 metre races might not be great for passing A-level maths exams. Uh, and also, uh, I'd, I'd, uh, more about this, you can read more about this in the print edition of the, the New European, um, but she's also um, questioned um, where uh, Muslims in Norfolk uh, got 1.5 million quid worth of donations to build a new mosque on the site of an old pub. Uh, and she wrote, it takes a lot of Bangladeshi takeaways at one pound profit a time to save these sort of amounts. But she's not racist, well, by was, the way. It because would take 1.5 million. I mean, I because she is married to a black man who yeah. she, who well, she, she does sleep with. she is a bit... Uh, um, I would as, say uh, that I could hold the opinion that she's a bit... About this, she moaned that... Um, the greatest paper in Norfolk, apart from the Norwich Evening News, of course, the Eastern Daily Press had disabled website comments on the story about the mosque, and she said this is because the EDP is owned by Archant, a newspaper group which also owns the extremely anti-Brexit, pro-EU and pro-mass migration New European newspaper, which is another reason why Archant is great. And I feel a bit sorry for Nigel Farage because he's jumped out of a frying pan held by Islamophobes and into a fire which is being stoked by somebody who says incredibly stupid things about race. And you've just got to wonder, haven't you, that you know, associating with one group of people who say weird things about one racial group is uh, might be viewed as misfortune, but um, but you know. Well, we can fill in the rest of the, the 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 quote there, can't we? So, so anyway, but she doesn't like she doesn't like us and uh, and various other people. Well, do you know what? I don't like her. Should we crown a Brexit two of the week? Let's do it. We'll be back after this. Stay angry, fight Brexit. Subscribe to the New European. Your first thirteen issues of the New European are only thirteen pounds when you join us and become a subscriber. Order by telephone by calling 01858 438840 and quoting podcast one or order online at our website www.neweuropean.co.uk. Stay angry. Fight Brexit. Subscribe to the New European. Welcome back, Steve. Please crown me a Brexiteer of the week. Uh, Let's start with Boreham Wood FC. Um, because they might be mid-table in the conference premier, but the Hertfordshire side are sitting top of the Brexit League. Oh. They posted a 1,400-word statement on their official website. 
MPs do their duty. It wasn't just team news or anything like that. <laughs> What's he got to do with them? For well, exactly. We believe as mis- we believe that Brexit like. must mean Brexit, and we remind the intellectuals <clears throat> out there that doesn't make us all stupid, nationalistic, fascist, ignorant, or all of those things. Please stop scaremongering us all about a no deal. Uh, so it said all those things. It, it did say all those things before it was deleted quickly when everyone went, why Boreham Wood FC? Known as the Wood. Uh, the Wood Not. The Wood Not. And uh, the lengthy rant went on, if we fail, we fail. Be prepared to show steel. Be prepared to fail. And that is an approach which... Boreham Wood FC are embracing themselves. They've not won since Boxing Day, three defeats in their last five matches. Um, But of course, under Brexit, things have been very different. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Julie Birchall is on the list. Is she? When I read her, uh, her, well, I think batshit insane is the only (laughs) way that we can describe it. It was a debut column for the Sunday Telegraph last year. It was about Brexit. It contained the line... Brexit, say it soft and it's almost like praying, say it loud and there's music playing. And that was one of the more sensible lines. I thought they will never, ever let (laughs) this woman write about Brexit. And they'll probably say, can you write something about how you knew the Sex Pistols and that? (laughs) Or or what about when you were married to Tony Parsons or one of your other marriages or something? But anyway, the Sunday Telegraph are insane, batshit insane themselves enough to print another column about from Julie Birchall about Brexit. And this one is, she's been a bit contrary and she's taken the contrary thing and she's done a whole column about the, the frankly stupid idea that um, Brexiteers are not rooted in the past, it's Remainers who are rooted yeah. in the past. She turned it on her head. She turned it on her head, you see. I see. Worked, uh, and she wrote, we leavers are the futurists and our futuristic vision will see us through. Futurists in caps and uh, uh, capital F. And, of course, uh, nothing is, is says forward-thinking anti-nostalgia to me than comparing yourself to the futurists, who, of course, were an art movement yeah. of the early 20th century whose founder went on to support Benito Mussolini and write the fascist manifesto. Yeah, futurists. So, well done. Forward with the futurists, Julie. <laughs> Only 100 years late to be somebody who is not rooted in the past. Uh, Jacob Rees-Mogg. I've really enjoyed watching him hop around like yeah, a prawn yeah. on a hot plate this He's week. Good. Um, and some people on his own side, even Brexiteers were going, should he really have had a champagne celebration at his house um, in Westminster after Theresa May's Plan A was, was voted down? And people, Ian Dale, who writes for... Uh, the New European sometimes, who was a big Brexiteer, was he, he took umbro at this, didn't he? Mm. Mm. Um, I certainly think um, that the, the majority of uh, you know party Tories yeah, yeah. wouldn't like that. No, they wouldn't. And Jacob Rees-Mogg then sought clarification. He said it wasn't a champagne celebration. It was an impromptu meeting for like-minded Tory MPs. And later on, he said it was a meeting with drinks and sparkling French wine was served. So let's have some tips about, you know, what are, what's a meeting and what's a champagne celebration? So at a meeting, a meeting is usually sort of lots of people, you know, dressed in suits, isn't it? It's held in a boardroom. Yeah. Um, you might be discussing, you know, moving one of your investment funds to Dublin just yeah. you know, in, in you know, in contradiction to uh-huh. all the things uh-huh. that you said uh-huh. about Brexit, uh-huh. a, a celebration tends to be held at your house, doesn't yep. it? Yep. It tends to be held after you've got something to celebrate, when you've got something to yeah. celebrate, like he yeah. had, yeah. and it tends to have, um, it tends to have sort of Bollinger on, you know, or, or other champagne or, or sparkling wine right, or Steve, whatever. Hey. And he, Have you never had a meeting with champagne where, where champagne's been served? Never, no. Mm. And he, um, his son, his eleven-year-old son, I don't know which one that is. No, Pontius Pilate, yeah. Pontius Carmel, <laughs> Pontius Brexit, whatever. Rhys Bog, um, he was on on hand in a pair, a pair of bright red trousers. Yeah, well, um, serving up forty-five pound uh, bottles of Bollinger to the guests. Fantastic. And um, oh, you sure, Bollinger's it also, actually quite cheap champagne. It also it? quite cheap, yeah. And it also meetings do not end with people saying we 
people were so pissed they had to go in search and break into his biscuit cabinet and, the, and some another guest said the, the good stuff was flowing. That's not meetings and not like that. Um, but the Brexiteer of the week is Boris Johnson. Boris. And newly svelte Boris He's Johnson. newly svelte. Deep pan pizza's out. Yeah. Talking about the deep state. In. Yeah. And Boris Johnson, shameless, bus charlatan Boris Johnson... <laughs> Um, is, is started talking. He started talking about the deep state. He did it on LBC with yeah. Nick Ferrari. Yeah. He did it in the Commons last week. Yeah. He's probably whispering it to his much younger girlfriend Carrie. Mm-hmm. Is she called Carrie Simons? The, yeah. the otter. She. He's called. He calls her. Doesn't he? <laughs> Does he? The otter, and she calls him Bozzy Bear. Apparently, <laughs> and uh, he's. I know. Yeah. And um, and um, he started dropping this, and he probably always oh, hit the deep state. Whispers that in there. He's you know. He is not very deep, but he is a state. Yeah. And the deep state, if you don't know, is a term that's used by tinfoil hat merchants to describe a supposedly secret power base of government departments, intelligence agencies, military authorities. Um, funnily enough, the term the deep state originated in Turkey. Oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And maybe he's talking about it because all these Turks have that's swarmed it. into the country. That's it. 75 that's million of them. He is Turkish. Yeah, oh, he is a bit Turkish as well, isn't he? That's right. But far from a delight. And um, he said, Leavers feel that there's been a great conspiracy by the deep state of the UK, the people who really run the country, to overturn the vote in the referendum. Mm. And look, if anybody is going to confront this shadowy, hidden elite who really run the country, it is going to be a wealthy old... Old Etonian, who used to be the Foreign Secretary and whose dad worked for the World Bank. He will get to the bottom of it. And um, it's weird, isn't it? Who else believes in the deep state? Prison Planet Paul, Paul yeah. Joseph Watson, yeah, the yeah. blogger who's in his little yeah. dungeon bedroom. Know him. Uh, Steve Bannon. Bannon. Banster. The Banster. Yeah, SB. Donald Trump. Trumpster. He loves the deep state. <laughs> and somebody else who loves the deep state is Andrew Murray, who is Jeremy Corbyn's senior advisor, yeah. and he said last year that the deep state had blocked his common security pass. Do you know what? It's probably not that, because if you have a few too many and you try and go through and you get your numbers wrong a few times, they block you for like seven hours, because it's happened to me. I do like the idea that there is a shadowy cabal hidden underground. They're probably at Davos, aren't they, right, right now? And they're, they, and they're just... You know, there's loads of them in a secret under. It's probably his Westminster pass. Somebody's he's uh, he's applied for a bus pass again. <laughs> Block him. So Boris Johnson, bus charlatan, deep state merchant, is the Brexiteer of the week. Congratulations, Boris. Now, God, I can't stand Boris Johnson. We've got some. But Boris Where Johnson's- would he be on your list? Who's worse, Farage or Johnson? Oh, well, this is difficult because... It's like choosing between a headache and a toothache, isn't it? <laughs> well, I'd rather have... Cockache or arseache. I'd rather have a headache. But, um, I, no, I, I, I'm not going to I'm not going to choose either of those. You're not going to choose? Okay. Well, <laughs> that section was fun. <laughs> <laughs> i tell you what I would like you to do now is tell us about Steady HQ well, and then tell us who this well, week's heroes if are. If you go to steadyhq.com... Uh, and search for the new European. You can support our work to stop Brexit. Yeah. Um, you'll keep us printing our superb uh, print edition. Um, our, our web stats are sensational, aren't they? And this podcast Millions. is continuing to grow. Yeah, it is indeed. Um, so please help us uh, uh, and, and keep us uh, keep us going. And um, and so steadyhq.com slash the new European, or just search for the new European on mm-hmm. SteadyHQ.com. Steady, yeah. You can commit to giving us a certain amount of uh, dosh, um, and we will use it, not on high living and 45 quid Bollinger or red trousers. For journalism. For journalism. We are. We will be moving our headquarters to Singapore, though. No, no, we actually, <laughs> but we actually won't. Uh, and these people are lovely, and they have done so um, in the last... Uh, the last few weeks uh, I'm going to read their names out now Myri Clark, thank you very much thank Andrew you. Stott thank you. Uh, Patricia Camilleri Venetia Kane Rebecca Warren thank you. Neil Payne thank you. Neil Conti thank you. Keith Morrow thank you. The sun will come out 
Thanks, Margaret. <laughs> Thank you. And Miranda Latham. Thank you very so, much. So, we love you all. Myrie, Andrew, Patricia, Venetia, Rebecca, Neil, Neil, Keith and Miranda. Thank you all so much. Um, and please go to SteadyHQ.com please go to SteadyHQ.com and do the same and I'll read your name out next week good stuff what should the listener do after they've gone to SteadyHQ.com leave us a great review with lots of stars on your podcatcher of choice if you're just downloading this podcast every week uh, don't do that subscribe to us instead Um, go to Facebook you can join our Facebook readers group and interact with lots of other people who love the New European as much as you do Um, you can like us on Facebook you can go to Twitter and follow us there at the New European and you can follow me on Twitter at Sanglesey S-A-N-G-L-E-S-E-Y and you can follow me at Porritt P-O-R-R-I-T-T That was the New European Podcast. Thank you so much for listening. As Steve mentioned, you are among a growing number of listeners. Please tell your friends. Please subscribe. And please buy the paper. It's on sale now. It's another stonker. Great front cover. Lots of politics. Lots of Brexit. But also tons of arts and culture as well. It is on sale. It's £2.50. We'll be back next week. Until then, Mr Campbell, play your bagpipes. Here you go. It's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. quince.com slash style.